0: Ladies and gentlemen, good evening, good night, and welcome back to another episode of Tomahawk Talk Graveyard Shift. Uh, I'm your host, Sebastian Andriano, and um, I actually have to start the show a little different th- this time. I have to start with the, um, with the disclaimer, the, the opinions and uh, takes, I guess, and the thoughts uh, presented on the show do not reflect WVFS, uh, Tallahassee, or uh, f- the thoughts and opinions of Florida State University. Uh, now, with that out of the way, let's get started um we've got a great show for you tonight uh two new panelists two new panelists to uh i think any sports show i don't think you guys have been on either sports show no never never i'm not even a
1: sports guy i don't know anything about sports
0: he's one of our he's one of our he's an honorary sports guy tonight but uh well we'll go ahead and introduce you you guys um before me i have chase freeman and richard riley why don't you go ahead and introduce yourselves gentlemen
1: i'll go Hello, hello. My name is Mr. Chase Freeman. I don't know anything about sports. I don't watch sports. I watched a game, and I uh, got a really bad suntan. It hurt a lot.
0: And we've got Richard Riley. Hey
2: there, everybody. My name is Richard Riley. I'm normally in the news department and work for the Vox Populi. Uh, My name is Richard Riley. You can normally hear me on our Vox Populi web podcast. Yep,
0: he's uh, he's from our news department, and... um We don't really have a lot of uh, cross-pollination, even though we're considered um, sister departments, right, news and sports. Um, But uh, tonight's a little different. Um, Tonight uh, I had these two gentlemen come forward um, during our um, sports uh, reporters, like, meeting conference thing. And uh, they came forward, and they were like, hey, we've got a really good idea for for Graveyard Shift, and I hope uh, you you like it. And uh, I heard it, and it was so out there that I absolutely could not think of anything better to do this week. So um, I want to ask you, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you've heard of something called ESPN The Ocho, and it's something that ESPN does every 8th of August um, on, I think it's ESPN 2 they replace. What it is essentially is that they take all the um, offbeat competitions and uh, tests of strength and sports, for lack of a better term, and uh, give them a platform for one day um, a year. Um, we're going to be talking about those um, tonight. Uh, we've got eight, I believe, from Richards, uh, and, and then Chase has got uh, one that he has not told me about, and I'm really excited to hear it because he's been hyping this thing up for me f- for a week now. He's like, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's good.
1: It's going to be amazing, and I have a nice little deep dive, a little, little presentation about it. Something magical is going to happen.
0: And I honestly can't wait to hear it because Chase is one guy that if, if he says he's really excited about something, it's going to be good. I I, I know it because I've seen his work in the news, and I'm pretty optimistic. All right. Um, we're going to go ahead and get started now uh, with, with Richard's stuff. He's got eight sports, like I just said, and uh, we're just going to run down this list. Let's get started.
2: Okay, so I just have this arranged in what I consider to be just progressively stranger and stranger sports. So the first one we have here is chess boxing. Chess boxing. Now this originated from a Dutch boxer and is mostly practiced in Germany but has become a global sport. It consists of six alternating rounds of chess and boxing, chess and boxing, three each. You can win by either getting a knockout in boxing or a t- technical knockout in boxing, a checkmate in chess, or if you stall you can get disqualified by a referee. It's co-ed, age 17-plus, with weight classes, and in order to compete, you must have at least an ELO of 1,600 in chess and 50 fighting bouts.
1: Oh. Huh.
0: Jeez. So so let me get this straight. You you start with... And so you run down your timers for, for chess, right? And mm-hmm. then you... What what dictates when, when you actually square up?
1: Is it like after so, a move?
2: They are, they're timed sections. You have a certain amount of time, and it's what's con- widely considered speed chess. Oh, so you're yeah, making yeah, as many moves in a chess. short chess... Yeah, yeah. And it, Short time period, and then after that section ends, you start a fighting round for three minutes, and then after that, there's no break in between. You go immediately back to chess, and it just keeps going until you either get knocked out or lose.
1: So that way, you're really bad at chess because you're getting beat up, and you don't. Think yeah, that. you're you're mm-hmm. like
2: you're dazed, right?
0: Like, can can you, can you can you try and castle while concussed? Is that like is that hard? I can imagine. I'd imagine. I'd right. imagine.
1: Well, if you think about it this way, chess is supposed to simulate war in some way. Like it's supposed to be a battle. So this is kind of more realistic. This is like you're, a step
2: forward, yeah. Yeah,
1: you know, you're not, you're not in your pretty little palace when you're at war. Mm-hmm. So this might be a more authentic way to actually play chess.
2: So the official tagline of the Chess Boxing Association is battles are won in the ring, the war is won on the table. That's so, that's mm. metal. This is great. I'm, I'm really into that. I don't
1: yeah. know how to play chess nor box, but I would love to play chess boxing.
2: I imagine it's a lot of punching. I
0: mean, for then, well, the the parameters set by by the association are 50 bouts, right, and then mm-hmm. an elo of 1600. So they're so you're only dealing with with people who know what they're doing. Yeah, but took- I feel like an amateur an amateur bout would just be such a total clown fiesta. But well,
1: where is the amateur coming from now? Is are these chess masters boxing, or are these boxers playing chess?
2: So you have to be good at both. So an elo of 1600, I'm not the most familiar with chess, but that that's a bubbling like, amateur. You have to. I yeah, go to is, some competitions. This is
0: like it sounds like um, the sport of Renaissance men and women around the world. You know, people who are who do everything. You know, mm-hmm. just go out and jack of all trades. And I'm interested, but I don't think I'll ever be good enough at chess for it. So the I have more faith. Look at me, like I I am lank. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I I'm not very uh, robust or well built as these two gentlemen right next to me. But uh...
1: <laughs> we're a little bit more on the chub.
0: But um A bit but I thick, so I have, will as the I kids have, say. I have more faith in me learning how to box and on in my weight class than I do in getting better at chess. I don't know what that says about me.
1: Well what's the uh, what's the next sport you got on this list?
2: So the next one I have is called Octopush.
1: <laughs> Octopush is it, that it, what the Octomom did when she was giving birth? Uh,
2: I, I would say so. But what we're talking about here is essentially underwater hockey.
0: Underwater, oh, that's cut and clear. So how do you, like, are people? Do you have to be on the the crown or the the bed of the pool? Or? So
2: the way the way it works is it's ten v ten teams, six in the water and four that sub in and out. Okay. You can yeah. only use snorkels. It's limited contact. You also have swimming fins, and you have specialized sticks. They can be thirteen inches. They're either black or white depending on the team. So each person has two depending on which side they're mm-hmm. on. They are Customizable. You can make them any shape you want, as long as they do not completely enclose your hand or the puck, and they have to be so one you can't make,
0: like, a lacrosse net, then. You can't make a lacrosse Or net. a lacrosse stick. Sorry, excuse me. Correct. Uh, but, um, like, so it just sounds like a harder water polo. It's yeah. a harder water polo. It's, uh, in and in way, water polo is already, uh, in my opinion, m- in my opinion, if we're just looking at Olympic sports, water polo is far and away the most difficult Olympic sport, um, it, it, in my opinion, because... It, Think about it. You're doing something that your body was explicitly not designed to do. Maneuver quickly through the water and maneuver in water for hours at a time because they, they practice mm-hmm. and they train and they're in there like that, that. Your men and women who come out of the pool at, in water polo
2: are like some of the most built people. They're Atlanteans. People. They, yeah.
1: they survive underwater. Yeah, for
2: sure. But in water polo, you're normally your head is above the water. In this, mm-hmm. you are almost exclusively below water. You have to hold your breath with a snorkel. Yeah, and then that sounds going That sounds
0: grueling. That sounds grueling. I could not see. I would. I would absolutely. If they had underwater cameras for for like an ocho type thing, mm-hmm. um, I would absolutely without question watch that. But if it if it's just above water, I don't think that's that's a good that's a strong viewing experience. But I'm extremely intrigued just to just to see that play out i would watch that
2: so there are there are some video broadcasts with underwater cameras the thing about it's just a general statement about all these kind of weird sports they don't get a lot of airtime yeah not not a lot of money on them either not a lot of money they also don't get very consistent events like the chess boxing i was looking at their website they had a big advertisement for their next match but it was in 2018 and the website has not been updated since jeez man that's rough all right, what's our next sport? So this one is hobby horsing from Finland. Hobby, hobby horsing. Do you know what a hobby horse is? No. I don't. So a hobby horse is, if you've ever seen one of those old, it's an old English toy where it's a stick with That's a... That's a hobby horse? With a like cloth af- horse head on That's it. That's the yes. name of a hobby horse? That is a hobby horse. That was just a horsey. I don't, actually, huh. So the official name is hobby horse. And this is a sport. It's an indoor competition where you, you're basically just doing horse competitions but with a hobby horse you have to keep it in between your legs at all times and you get scored points for your form like you jump over obstacles there's races there's even dressage events which are an ornamental sport (laughs) it's a dog show for a hobby horse it's a a dog show for a horse but you are the horse you have to jump over the hurdles and in the dressage event you also have to do the correct prancing as if the horses do. It's, You're scored the same way. It's equestrianism. It's, it's equestrianism. equestrianism
0: sans the sans a real horse. Exactly.
1: That's interesting. So is this a free-flowing... St- like, are you the one holding the stick between your legs, or does it have, like, a handle? Like- so
2: hobby horses have a small leather rein on them, and you have to keep a hold of the reins. And there's you actually get points based on correct rein tension, as if you would in a real uh, horse competition.
1: So the idea is... You're trying to have the best imaginary horse.
2: Absolutely, that is a good summary. Huh. It's
0: so I don't know if you've ever heard this, but I've I've been in the room with people during during the Olympics or something where they're like, "Why why is equestrianism a sport? They they're not the athletes; the horses are the athletes in in equestrianism." This takes out that entire. This is a perfect retort.
2: So what I'm hearing is an argument that we should put hobby horsing in the Olympics. Absolutely, and I completely agree. Absolutely, this this
0: like. There's like grace involved because you have to, there's like art and grace involved just like you would see in ballet mm-hmm. where you have, you have art that has to imitate life in order to succeed um, in a contest. And you have like athleticism because you have to jump over something with a pole between your legs. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's so many elements to this that if it was actually competitive mm-hmm. and maybe promoted more. We could see some amazing things. So
2: this is actually exploding in Finland right now. This is uh, becoming Finland, more and more popular. The only
1: thing I can think of is only the weirdest of the weird horse girls would do this.
2: So technically, either males or females can compete, but it's almost exclusively female. I could have guessed. I mean, yeah.
0: I mean, pe-
1: for for Finland, I
0: mean, the dudes are all playing either. They're either playing soccer. They're either driving. They're participating in motorsport or their version of baseball, which is pesapalo.
2: Or, hmm. quite frankly, just doing anything other than hobby horsing? Probably, yeah. Fun fact, they do register each hobby horse. They are named, and they are registered <laughs> by their color and breed. What?
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> now, I want to know, do they have breeding standards for the hobby horses? Are that, there, that are is there something hobby horse studs? Are there hobby horse I studs? guess, would the stud be the maker of the hobby horse? Is there a guy out there who's like, yeah, I'm the stud? I am he the stud. And he carves each hobby horse for maximum, you know, I don't know, speed, elegance, grace.
0: Is it cheating if you don't use wood for your stick? Like, if I have, like, a carbon fiber stick, because is that, you can like...
1: improve your performance so much with a carbon fiber hobby horse.
2: Yeah, it's infinitely lighter than a solid stick of so wood. So, I'm going to be honest, I did quite a bit of Googling, and these are not questions that ever came up. So, we don't... You could be blowing the hobby horse sport wide you, open right now. Like, that's the thing, though. The these...
1: meta is going to be just collapsing once the Americans get a hold of this. Dude,
0: horse, uh, hobby horse sabermetrics. Let's do it. Let's yeah. do it.
1: I want to know if somebody can train it so they can flip the hobby horse upside down and start attacking people with the stick.
0: I mean, I don't think you can do that because that doesn't seem like something that the horse would do and that's part of the, the judging system. No, it would yeah, be the
1: horse crazy. rearing if you could attack somebody with the well, stick. Well, then
0: you'd lose points because you're not having you, your horse isn't under control. That's
1: true.
2: You have to hmm. be in sync with your mount at all times. But so.
1: maybe it's showing that you have such complete Control over your theoretical horse that you could make it rear on command.
0: Yeah, but that's I. I have a feeling that's illegal. It's like it's like how certain moves in gymnastics are are, are illegal. They're they're deemed too dangerous to be done. So mm-hmm. they like there's perfect tens from from the 80s and 90s from r- Romanian um, gy- gymnasts that are that aren't possible today because the the ruling boards for for gymnastics have determined it to be illegal in a sense where. I mean, it's not you, – you can definitely do it. It's just that you – like, because it's so difficult and so dangerous to the athlete's body, it's the the gain out of doing something so skilled um, is outweighed by the danger that it could pose to a potentially life-threatening injury.
2: Hmm. So they disincentivize it in the rules. Yeah, that makes, makes sense. Offensive. Yeah. What's next? Yeah. What else we got? So this is a fun one. This is toe wrestling. Toe wrestling. This was hmm. developed in Britain. Of course. Of yep, course. Makes Actually, sense. On the official website for the Toe Wrestling Federation, the origin story is that there were two men in a bar, and they were complaining about how there was no sport that Britain was dominant at, so they made their own, and we have toe wrestling.
0: This was before this was before soccer then, or or rugby or, like what, cricket or when was this when was this bar if meeting
2: when
1: was this bar If you get an American so the, in so, there, they'll whip them anyway. So
2: this was just in the like first paragraph caption from the website. I don't know. I, I would have to cite sources on this. I'm not sure if there are sources on this. The I'm sure the there's angle, not. A, honestly. So. There's
1: no thick meta on this, you know? Uh, so, it's
0: just oh, it's brute force. I feel like it's brute force. I disagree. Okay, I think it's...
1: it just depends on how gross the other person's foot is. Like, like if I get paired up against, you know, Schweinman Hoijin from, like, you know, northern Britain or something, <laughs> he hasn't showered in weeks, he's got toe cheese for days, he could do his own Monty Python I mean... cheese sketch with what's in his feet.
2: Oh. H- Homeboy's Dude. got a purple heart from Vietnam yeah. for jungle rot. Oh <laughs> god. When you <laughs> go up against
1: him, you can hear the squish of his toes colliding with yours. I would let him win because I don't want to be there. This, this See, is, like this is too much toe talk. This for has,
0: me. no, but th- this is this is definitely this this is where an element from mainline sports comes in because that's what the weigh-in is for. Um, mm-hmm. in boxing, it's so that you're like up to standard with with the boxing code, and I imagine being clean is one of the important things of. You know, you don't want to fight a dude who's who's nasty like that, right? You could mm-hmm. outright refuse to do a fight, and you know who loses money—the organizer.
1: I. So you I can't. have a strong feeling that toe wrestling is not well organized.
2: So are you saying that you could walk up and one of the referees could just go vibe check, let me see your feet, and they would be in the right? <laughs> yes,
0: yes. And now we're pulling up pictures, and that, is, that is way more what? organized. So they—they they
2: are there are rings for your feet. So the way that it works is that two people sit on opposite sides of the mat, and then there is a little ring in the middle, where you start by interlocking toes, and then you have to pin the other person's foot.
1: What I Jeez. do notice is the meta seems to rely not on thick uh, toes, but rather long toes. I notice the... You,
2: you can get more leverage that way, I imagine. The length
1: of all their various foot appendages.
0: I imagine there's, like, technique and, like, like in boxing and... Things like that. Jeez. All right, this is. Not, you were right five too minutes time, ago when we, much, we, yep. we were talking. We said toast. too many toes. Too okay. many toes.
2: So we have another one from the great land of Japan. This is called Bo Taoshi. Bo And the way this sport works is there are two teams of 150
1: people. Oh, I've seen this. 75 on
2: offense and 75 on defense. And the goal of the game is both teams have a large wooden pole and are trying to topple the others.
1: Oh, I have seen this. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, they, like, build, like, human castles around these things. Mm -hmm. And you just have, like, armies, which are basically playing flag football, sans flags, sans football, and just running at each other, trying to get to the other, like, team's side. Mm -hmm. To lay like siege on this tower. I've seen this before. It's amazing. To me, it is it, amazing. It
1: seems like a better representation of what I want. When I go to the Renaissance Fair, they have the fake jousting, and they always have the little warfare ones where they mm-hmm. have actual sword fighting, but it's one on one. And it's always disappointing because I always want to see a bunch of sweaty dudes in metal suits colliding with each other like it's waves against sand. And this to me looks like it's something more authentic to that rather than even capture the flag as I know it. So. There is
2: one sport that didn't make my list, but it is essentially a fighting tournament for people in full renaissance armor. They're not using weapons. They're just punching each other, but they're in armor. Oh, that's amazing. To
1: me, that sounds like something I would enjoy doing, and I understand I would probably get hurt, all things considering, but that's more interesting to watch than a one-on-one jousting or sword fight, which is always disappointing, no matter how not sweaty the nerds inside the suits are.
2: Honestly, it sounds fun, but I can barely buy a shirt. Where am I going to get a full suit of armor? You know, sounds like a personal problem. You, you, that's make fair. It.
0: That's the thing. Like, you get like each suit of armor is, is custom built, right? It, it's expensive. <laughs> no doubt. It's expensive. Very expensive. Because, um, the materials and obviously, and most importantly, the manpower. Because who are you going to find in the states? How many people on average per state do you think you're going to find that are like, oh, yeah, like I'm a blacksmith who specializes in creating custom tailored armor? Like, I think there are more blacksmiths and tailors in RuneScape than there are in the continental United States right now.
2: So have you been to a Renaissance Fair?
0: I have, but it was a very long time ago. I believe I was in the 6th or 7th grade. They have them. We so went to the, have them. the yes. one in in Tampa, the Mosey Renaissance Fair. I don't know if I I have I been to that it.
1: one, actually, yeah. It was
0: it was a pretty fantastic experience. I saw so many swords, and I wanted them, but, I mean, you can't really take a weapon onto the bus. Here
1: is, mm-hmm. the best way to compare it is, and I'm a suit guy, to get a bespoke suit, one that's made for you, it is your suit, it's going to be five or $6,000, and that's with fabrics are we, that are easy to use.
0: Are we talking tuxes, or are we talking... We're
1: talking, like, the nicest tux you can get.
0: We're talking about suits of armor.
1: I know, and that's what I'm comparing it to. That's with fabrics and leathers and such. Imagine doing that, but it's with metal.
0: It's yeah, with with steel and it, it's it's a shame that we left that era, because once we got metal metallurgy, I, I think that's how you say yeah, it, on like metal making, uh, metal making down, we're like, you know what? It's not it's not that big of a yeah. We're we're good with that. We don't have to wear that We've anymore on the on the field of done. war.
1: Yeah. And I think there's something that's just timeless about a metal suit of armor. Yep. The issue you could is... you could
0: honestly make like like what they would make in in the Middle Ages, the eleven hundreds, the twelve hundreds, but with modern metals that would be infinitely lighter, infinitely stronger. That could take carbon a sword. Carbon fiber. Bro- carbon fiber is brittle. Yeah, that's, that's the true. problem with it. Yeah, Have you ever seen carbon
2: like... carbon fiber? Could not take a bullet.
0: I know. Like my main thing is motorsport, and I'm going to pull that out of my bag real quick. Sure. Because if you ever see like um, a big wreck in in racing, like at the very top, where they use carbon fiber chassis. Um, yeah. Those things come apart like splinters. Like, after, in the aftermath of a race, when you're allowed to go on the track and kind of walk around, um, what you'll usually do is you'll actually, like, find and you'll, you'll pick up little chips of carbon fiber that, that are the size of, like, your thumb. And um, that's just from, like, contact, excessive braking, sometimes, you know, after a certain amount of stress, uh, bits and pieces of the car fly off. Cars are usually, like, several pounds lighter. Uh, not including fuel, like, n- even taking fuel out of the equation. Cars are several pounds lighter just because they lose bits and pieces of uh, of uh, carbon fiber from contact mm-hmm. all the mm-hmm. time. It wouldn't really work for a suit of armor. Hmm. Well, carbon fiber is strong and light, but it, it, it can be. When it breaks, it just completely
2: shatters. I think we're a little bit off the point here. Yeah. So what's so, next? So you're welcome for the uh, bonus sport there. Yeah. The... Other thing about if you've ever seen Bo Tauchi, the, just the hordes of people around the pole, there it looks like a chaotic mess, but there are actually specialized roles in it. Really? For example, there is, on both teams, there is one person who climbs to the top of the pole and is referred to as the ninja, <laughs> and they lean against which way the pole is leaning to counterbalance it. Oh, okay. So it's considered the most important role in the forward, team. You lean
0: forward, you lean back. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. So what happens if he falls off?
2: Uh, well,. I'd imagine their team would capitalize on it and just... Just bomb rush, desert rush it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you have to imagine, just by the way levers work, the guy at the top has so much leverage. I suppose so, yeah. Like multiple times the amount of leverage that anyone on the bottom has. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, next sport. Uh, so the next one we've got is, this one's a little more domestic, it is the West Coast Giant Pumpkin Regatta <gasps> in Portland, Oregon.
1: I am from the West Coast, and I have seen the giant pumpkins that they use for this. I have photos on Half Moon Bay of me with the twenty thirteen world's largest pumpkin. This is how. Nice. This is
0: one. This is reason number f- four hundred and twenty seven of how ha- or way four hundred and twenty seven that Portland keeps itself weird. I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, keep Portland weird. That is yeah. bizarre. So cool.
2: So the competitors have to wear Halloween costumes and then they get inside hollowed out giant pumpkins and race across the Tulatan Lake in the pumpkins with kayak kayakers it's a pretty huh. simple sport but yeah it'
0: it doesn't seem like a sport more like a like a contest
1: it's more kayaking but you're in a pumpkin yeah a pumpkin off of which it. which is a cool which is a cool
0: idea like I'm down um it reminds me of I, for, I forget what it's called but it's like flub something where where they build like cardboard like planes or something and you fly it off of like a giant like an outcropping over like a bay and you just dive bomb straight into the bay yeah. I don't know what it's called but it, it reminds me of that
1: it just it's kayaking with extra stamps steps that are just pumpkin spice flavored, but like <laughs> delicious.
0: Delicious. I mean pumpkin have I've I've heard great things about pumpkin spice last time I tried. Pumpkin anything. I I uh, got a really bad headache, so I, I stay away from that. That was back in the uh, that was back in kindergarten.
2: Oh, I see. I, I have been scarred from trying pumpkin stuff okay. ever since. So these last two. The things before it, child's play compared to these. Alright, we're, like we're, we're just to the big boys. things before it were just right. a little off kilter. These are these are out there. So the next one we have is called Buzgashi. It is the official sport of Afghanistan and is widely played in Central Asia and Turkey. Interesting. So between cultures who, plays this, who play this sport, it can be different depending on what region you're in. So it varies from either teams or free-for-all. And the objective is to get a headless animal carcass, generally a goat or a calf, takes the place of a ball. And the goal is to get that animal into either a hole, a hoop, or sometimes just a designated zone in the field.
1: I think this is how Borat and, got his wife.
2: And uh, ignoring that, the, uh, all of all I, of the players are on horseback or yak back, depending on the region. Yak. Yeah. All of them are also armed <laughs> with a whip and they're allowed to whip their horse and the opponent's horses but not the opponent's not the oh. opponent yeah
0: that would be that would be bad and
2: one of the rules so technically there are no referees so there really aren't rules, <laughs> league rules. but there's a lot of people with whips and they'll Let's just trample you this with not, it's like it's a like sport. hockey
0: where you, where you you've got like an enforcer guy or something definitely yeah yeah this so, is not
1: a sport. These are dudes hanging out with animals and dead animals and putting them in holes.
0: No, this is no no, no this is culture. But so, your 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 prior statement, i n I'm thinking of it, I gotta ask now. Is it played in Kazakhstan?
2: It's played in most countries that end in Stan.
0: So yes, it is played in Kazakhstan. I'd imagine so, yes. That a, means there's a possibility of that. But we're gonna Borat, leave that Borat Borat where we're
2: have left. Might have met we're gonna close this box and just game.
0: move it to the side before things get weird. So, so we're just gonna yeah. focus back on the
2: sport. So this the, is bizarre. The other main rule is that players have to carry the full weight of the animal. They cannot attach. They cannot attach it to their harness or uh, saddle. You don't have a net or anything. You though. don't have a net. You have to carry it with your arm, or you are allowed to wrap it around your leg. And the thing is headless. The thing still weighs a little over 100 Yeah, pounds. yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but like, is it still, like,
0: is it, yeah, that's what I'm wondering, too. Is it, like, S- is it stuff coming out the neck?
2: So, they treat the animal by leaving it in cold water for a full 24 hours before to toughen the skin and mm. cauterize it, basically. They kinda, yeah, they kind of like make ceviche.
1: It. Yeah,
2: it's like ceviche. Uh, but, and then, instead of eating it, you play a sport with it.
1: Well, you could also eat it.
2: They might eat it. They might eat it afterwards. Just make know, sure it's salted it.
1: cold water, dude. Yeah, you tenderize. know,
0: what I mean, that's a great way to tenderize beef.
1: Get some pineapple in there. You think they have pineapple over there? <laughs> that was not. Of course, though. they have
0: pineapple over there. It's it's Afghanistan. Be it's, that was not intended as a
2: racial slight. Uh, <laughs> right. um, moving so yeah, on. That is. the other thing is that these take place in open fields, so there is actually no there's zone no edge. marker. Yeah, spectators are at risk at all times.
0: So this isn't. This is. You said this was the official sport of Afghanistan.
2: It is correct. Huh.
0: I I wonder how how do they like have to schedule these things different from, from
2: cricket? So, or? I'm not actually 100% sure on that. There have been periods of time where this sport has been banned in Afghanistan, depending on who was in charge. Yeah, because it's
0: inhumane. I imagine during the Soviet Union, they saw this as
2: inhumane. No, they do this in Russia, too. Uh-huh. You think Putin ever did this? No, not probably sure. not. Even if he did, I don't think we'd ever find out about it. No.
1: His Secret, you know, guilty pleasures. What's the name? Please don't put us. Please don't Wisconsin. put this podcast on a watch list. I'm. <laughs> I've been working
0: pretty hard on it. All right, I would appreciate it. Yeah, uh, I'll admit this we, has gotten a little sus,
2: but we're gonna bring it back we love to. love Russia. Uh, All right, yeah. are you ready? All All right. want you to Our last just, just but certainly not least. Just take a swing at like the general concept of what okay, you think this last sport might be. Okay, what is the region that I'm thinking of? Uh, this is practice in Britain again.
1: Cheese. The, cheese rolling
2: it is not cheese rolling. I thought about putting it in, but that's that's just this a race too down obvious. a hill
0: yeah yeah um, I mean, I, I, so when he said cheese rolling birthing.
2: N- no, I don't believe that's a sport. not to you
0: all right, hang on let me let me let me, let me get a guess in here. let me think. So we're, we're dealing with the British, and ninety yes. percent of every like cultural leap forward that the British have ever done is because of some guy talking to another guy in a pub. And him saying, "Bet you won't," or or something along those lines. I will give
2: you a hint. This is related to fishing. The origin of this was from fishing. It is not fishing. It's not so. I,
0: it's not barehanded fishing. It is actually nowhere near water. It's nowhere near water, but it has something to do with fishing. Um, I'm out. is. Is, is it like? Is it seeing how you can clean? How fast
2: you can clean a fish? It is worm summoning.
1: What? <laughs> also oh, known, yeah.
2: also known as Worm Charming,
1: also known it, as Tinder.
2: <laughs> oh, oh my! Tweet it. Oh man. Oh man.
0: Go. That is. That Chase is. out
2: here with the hot takes, but no, it is worm summoning. It is a competition. It originated from the need. You always know how when you go fishing, the bait is worms. Oh, of course, well, someone yes. has to go collect them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, no one's just walking around looking for worms. I mean, if you think about it, just
0: wait for the rain. It's rainy all the time in London, or in England.
2: I mean, if you think about it, even after a rain, how many times have you just walked around? How many individual worms have you seen? I mean, if it's
1: my job, then I'm gonna be looking for it. I'm more curious how they summon these worms.
2: So they do it by causing vibration. So, uh, so the so the (laughs) outline so the outline of the actual competition of this is that. All of the competitors get a ten foot by ten foot square. It's actually measured in meters, but approximate ten foot. Yeah. They have thirty minutes to summon as many worms as they can, and they're counted at the end.
1: Are they standardized? Like, did they put the worms in already so everybody has an equal amount of worms?
2: No, there could theoretically be no worms in the area. That's never happened, but it could. It's not. These are just natural. Where
0: will you be when
1: RNGS strikes? <laughs> This is not <laughs> really a game of luck. This is more gambling than sports. This is, this is natural, organic words,
2: it's warmth. right up the British alley. Exactly. So, the rules are you are allowed to penetrate the soil with, like, a pitchfork. Tender. Don't so, stop this. <laughs> Ch- Cease. Come on, All right, geez. let, let, him, let so, him get out. Let him get it out. So, uh, let me penetrate it with a pitchfork. You are not allowed to dig a hole. But other than that, you're allowed to do whatever you want to summon as many worms as you think you can get in 30 minutes. So the traditional way of doing this is you put a pitchfork in the ground and alternate between shaking it and hitting it with a stick to cause vibration. But in the video that I saw for this, you can do anything. Like, there were kids just smacking the ground with drumsticks. <laughs> there were people playing instruments into the ground. Like, there's one man just full force blowing a tuba into the dirt. You want full force? Yeah, he was going for it. There's another one of uh, children alternating between spiking a basketball on the ground. And in the background of the video, uh, you could see one girl spike a ball and get hit in the face with it. <laughs> uh, but technically, you can do any whatever you want. However, the world record holder for worm summoning was a 10-year-old girl named Sophie Smith. Do you want to give me a ballpark range of how many worms do you think she summoned?
1: I'm hoping in the hundreds.
2: Let's see, I need to make, I am slightly dyslexic, so I need to double check to make sure the w- number's in the right order, but I th- believe it was 548 worms. 548? 500 it, it is definitely over 500, let me get a double check on the last two gen- How many, like, paint buckets would you need to fill up? Uh, how many? Three
1: or four.
0: That's a lot of worms. I'm worried. like And worms can get big, like, worms can be, like, a full long sometimes. And, like, after after a good rain, and, and chances are they, like, scout locations, right? They don't, don't just show up to, like, Uncle Bob's farm to, to, to get whatever f- worms sh- uh, the, the horses shake
2: I'm up. sorry. It was 511 worms. 511. But it's still
0: 511 good worms lord. in 30 minutes. Good All lord. All I'm
1: thinking is there is a percentage of the worms that this girl can get. So mm-hmm. she can get maybe, I'm going to say max if she's the most skilled in the world, 40%. Imagine how many worms are in that actual 10 by 10 area. It's got to be in the thousands.
0: That's unnerving to think about. Just I didn't little, want to think about that today. Little squiggly
1: boys all beneath you all day yeah. So who knows? Um, I mean, if you what dig what a little d- bit, d- you d-
0: get Do you soil. know what she did? Do, you, do we know what she did? We
2: actually do. She did not do anything out of the ordinary. She strictly used the traditional worm-summing method of just a pitchfork and a stick. A pitchfork and a stick. She's just the best at it. She's got the touch. She's, the, she she's the guy. Did she peak a
1: 10, or is she still number one?
2: So th- I've talked about how infrequent these events are. I only know of this happening twice total. <laughs> and no, it's barely. So, so this record was, I believe, set in, it was 2009. She set this record in 2009, so she's mm-hmm. 20 now? What better thing or, to do without that? No, your I'm not good set. at math. It's 2019? <laughs> it's 10 years later?
1: Yeah. Yeah, she's, she's like 20. All right. Yeah, That's incredible. Here's the thing. Is this really a sport? Because it's so prevalent. It, I'd argue that
0: irregular. the pumpkin I argue that the pumpkin race is more of a sport than this. Exactly. But even then it like if it's so if it if it's only happened twice
2: are there like so are there it, active and
0: participants
2: s- of this? So now to be fair what I'm referring to are this was like a very large championship competition. There are still people who just do this casually to like collect worms. Okay. Like there are people whose job it is to worm summon. Like this is actually a pa- like a generational passed down profession. This is this right. is a rare and valuable. It's skill. the sport
0: of king. Uh, it's not the sport of. I mean, it kind of is the sport of kings. We're talking about England, right? So this is kind of the sport of.
1: I mean, it sounds fun. king of the worms at least. King of the worms. Yeah, <laughs> Or queen. Okay. Queen I'm, gonna be, I'm gonna
0: be honest. This does not sound fun, Jace. I
1: don't know.
2: The event itself was actually a, it was a big hit. It's a lot of family fun because, like you said, it, you're just smacking the ground for thirty minutes. So that's a great way to. This
0: comes out from a country whose like highest rated programming is like a baking contest. So.
1: I like bacon contests. Bacon contests. Are nice. Have you ever watched the Great Baking Contest? Or? I have. I have. Okay. I, mean, to I be think honest, you're speaking yeah, out of your have... your and you're now entering no, no, into the, our the, territory, the cre- skinny boy.
0: I know. <laughs> 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 I I have um, I've never personally watched it. I know like how serious it gets up there. Uh, like it is like must see. It is like their Thursday night football. Yeah. It is their like I can't call it Monday night football or Sunday night football because that's their soccer, but like. Um, but it's definitely like around Thursday night football type, type yeah. noise yeah. Okay. that they make.
2: Mary Berry is a blessing. I just want to say that. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So yeah. that's it for my top eight, the Ocho of weird sports. Uh, okay.
0: And, uh, with that, we're actually going to take a quick break. Uh, we'll be back in a moment. You're listening to, uh, Tomahawk Talk Graveyard Shift with, uh, Sebastian, Chase, and, Ro- and Richard. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, This is Tomahawk Talk Graveyard Shift. And we have just gotten done with the uh, first, uh, I'd say, around two-thirds of the show, you would say. Um, We heard Richard's report on eight uh, sports that are out there for the Ocho episode, as we're going to affectionately call it during the recording. And now it is time for a deep, deep dive with my man Chase here. Take it away.
1: So I wanted to look for something that was both weird and but had some semblance of being real, like you know? Like some substance, yeah. yeah, because, like, I think the weirdest things you can find are like that, you know, Afghani sport with the dead animals and worm summoning. But unfortunately, that doesn't have brackets. It doesn't have rules. It doesn't have any substance I can grab onto.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I found something. All right, what you got? What, it's a what little is bit Because
0: I, I have, like I said, I have not seen this. I don't know what, I haven't looked at that. It is I a don't...
1: blood sport. It is dangerous. I oh
0: like it boy. already.
1: There have been times in which it has been banned. And it's part of the World Juggling Federation.
2: Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Here we go. All right. I'd, I'd like, like to, to introduce... Belts on,
1: Richard, because mine is... Combat juggling. Combat juggling. Oh, man. Two teams, 10 combatants, 30 weapons. 30 weapons?
0: <laughs> like, how, how weapons are we talking about? Here?
1: They are not weapons. They are the regular juggling you know, sticks or whatever they the use, pins? the yeah. pins, okay. the real weapons are the contestants themselves, or as they refer to themselves as, combatants. All right, fair. Combat juggling, combatants, Of course. Of course. So, from the website, they, uh, they describe themselves, the league at least, as the world's most vicious and strategic club manipulators attack and take each other down while maintaining control over gravity in a five-on-five team deathmatch tournament.
0: That they were really trying to sell this. So yeah, yeah, that was the most metal description for anything related to juggling I've heard in my life. <laughs> All right, manipulating is,
2: gravity. They've I'm, taken
0: they've taken a parlor trick and transformed it into a blood sport. My hat goes off to these fine gentlemen and ladies because this is terrific. This is I I haven't seen anything about this. I I have, I am just as new to this as everybody else listening to
2: this. This is amazing. And this is course, amazing. Unless, of course, you practice combat juggling, in which case you're the old And later person, on, congratulations. I
1: will show a couple photos and videos to you guys, and we'll have to describe it. But it is certainly something different. So, when digging a little bit further and asking what exactly is combat juggling that's not their weird, nerdy description that makes it sound amazing, uh, combat juggling integrates the skill of juggling three clubs into a team sport where team members must attack and destroy the opposing force's ability to juggle. This is typically accomplished by throwing one of your own clubs high enough allowing enough time to use the other two clubs to attack the airborne clubs of your opponent and then catching your club resuming your three club juggle but you must have already knocked out one of the other pins of another player. And there's a variety of different attack techniques and gameplay formats. There can be one-on-one battles. There's sometimes you want a side sweep. There are some rarer forms that have currently been banned in which you can tackle your opponent. That way all their clubs come falling down along with your opponent. Uh, but that resulted in a number of injuries. And the pins and clubs are actually kind of painful.
0: All right, all right. So, so let me get this straight. Uh, as I understand it right now, I don't think I'm getting the full picture here. hmm I'm juggling. I got three pins on me. You got three There's pins. There's a dude right in front of me, and he's yeah. juggling three pins, too. There's
1: actually, like, nine dudes around you.
0: Oh, it's a free-for-all
1: sport? It is team deathmatch, but you have to be wary because you can't knock somebody else's pins on your own team mm-hmm. out, either.
0: So, I got two in my hand, right? and Or three in my, three, yeah. I'm, You're three juggling in my rotation. Three. I throw one up really high. Yeah. I got two. I'm dual-wielding two pins. You're dual-wielding. And I'm going in, and I just start attacking
1: like a dude with the pins in my hand yes that's amazing so you're now using the pins as weapons to knock them out
0: yeah i imagine you're disqualified immediately if you if you drop like that third pin that you had
1: so you only have maybe two or three seconds in which you can attack before you grab your third pin Mm -hmm. but if you think of it like you're you know making a pizza you got to really throw that thing in the air and then you can grab time you know like If you can get it to the point where it spins, you build up some air resistance, you can get five or six seconds almost in which you can actually attack. And I'll get into more of the height limits later, but at the last... There are many restrictions, and at the last national championship, they were in a hotel that only allowed them 14 feet
0: of height. That's not a lot of time. That's not a lot of air time, too. That's
1: one, maybe two seconds of air time.
2: That's hardcore, even for combat juggling.
1: Yes. That's like... That's not a lot of time, which means if you're working faster, you're swinging harder, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh so yeah, uh teams are five team members five two on stand- five. Yeah, yeah, 5 on 5, two standby players. They must wear matching uniforms.
0: So so what's the standby player do? Do you, do you know?
1: Uh I guess if somebody gets really hurt, they can jump in, you know, if somebody gets knocked oh, substitution. Bonked on the noggin. You know. So
0: we t- we talked about enforcers with the 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 the, uh, the Afghan sport, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm blanking on the name right now. Uh, it it um but um you know where where it's like if you Buskashi. yeah, if you get whipped in in buskashi, um you're gonna get whipped back, right? Mm-hmm. It, are there? Do you guys see like enforcers? There are game? referees. No, no, but I mean like oh enforcers like like in, like, in, like in hockey where it's like if you're a clown and you start beating the crap out of out of the other team's players. They might bring in an enforcer, which is just a bigger dude who's just whose lone job is to not literally knock some sense into you. That's what an enforcer does in hockey. Is there like a dude in combat juggling that's like, oh man, this dude's going off. I need to take care of him.
1: Have you heard of the concept of nerd rage?
0: Nerd rage. See these. Am I overestimating the average combatant? Because so, I always yes. I think these dudes are, have to be like decently built in order. No. To, no. So, so these,
2: I have. I have something that might contribute to this. So, have you guys ever heard of dagger here or seen the people larping in Landis? Yes, I've seen I've the seen people the, larping in LARPing, Landis.
0: larping is live action roleplay. Um yeah. basically what they do is they take they have shields which are
2: they, I would say they're they have like shields and foam weapons. Yeah, foam
0: weapon. The, the shields aren't like proper shields, they're not made out of metal or wood. They're they're made they're they're covered in and fabric, I guess. They're, yeah, they're
2: they're foam and combination yeah. of plastic. They're also spears, which are actually carbon fiber, which is Yeah. Well, mm. Wow,
0: that's
1: that's and, dangerous. And
2: in full tournaments they actually have bows and you can get shot just at all times. But the point of the story is that I have actually been out there in the fields of battle and Nerd Rage is real. Yes. Like, they may be foam weap they may be foam weapons and the person across from you may be, I don't know, five seven, a buck twenty but Man. they will hit you with that foam It's called forward.
1: going full force.
2: Absolutely. So the human body is limited by itself.
0: I, I mean, yeah, I mean, no disrespect to, to, to LARPers, but, like, you see them out and land screen, like, it looks fun, honestly. LARP- I would do it. LARPing, it's a lot of
2: fun. I would recommend it.
0: LARPing it seems like a lot of fun. Like, thank you, Richard. You are now officially our resident paladin. <laughs>
1: oh. But, yeah, so nerd rage is definitely a real thing, and these are most definitely nerds. And it doesn't matter if they're 5'7 and 120 pounds. They have a club.
2: They they have three clubs. They They have have three different clubs, clubs,
1: and they're very good at using them. And if you, you know, decide to hit somebody out of line, I guarantee you'll get Zerg rushed by a group of nerds in clown outfits beating you to death. Oh, God. Clown
0: clown uniforms sounds
2: absolutely terrifying. They're not
1: actually in clown uniforms, but, I mean... That'd be funny. It reminds me of
2: that one Adam Sandler movie. It was like, uh, don't res- disrespect the Zoltan or whatever. <laughs> what, what was it? Zoltar. Zolt. No, no, no. Wait, no, no that's that's, that's Mr. Big. Don't mess with the Zohan. I think Zohan. Yes, that is the movie. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: But it's jeez, man. So let's
1: talk about players because who can play this sport, and what it, one of the prohibitive factors of other juggling competitions, of which there are many juggling is competitions.
0: It, is it the ability to juggle? Yes. Is that, is that, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. So
1: it can take years of practice before one is ready to participate in other competitive juggling, but uh, team combat juggling was developed in part because somebody with no juggling ability can be ready to compete on a team within two months of practice. They're saying you can get out there and beat somebody with a club in two months.
0: There's a market for that. I think I think the attention span issue is is a problem, but at the same time I think. Two months is reasonable for a yeah. lot of these people. There, there's, there's, there's got to be a market for somebody. You can just tell them, "Hey, do you want to play a sport where you can beat the crap out of other people?" With two with, months, with, within two months, that's way faster than any MMA. All training you have regiment. to do mm-hmm.
1: is be able to juggle three clubs and possess good control over your high throws, because that gives you the ability to yeah, attack. Yeah, yeah. Uh, after that, it's teamwork, strategy, and club control.
0: That's incredible. Like, so uh, this is this is. This is uh, the people's I, juggling. Yeah, this is this is the people's juggling. This is, I'm so glad I I decided because he we were we were debating on whether or not I should know what what sports I was getting into before uh, I had you two on the show. I am so glad that I came into this completely blind. This has been a great show. Um, I've had it's been a it's been a pleasure, uh, gentlemen. And um, I see you got a little more left on, on combat juggling. Do you do you have any more thoughts on combat juggling? Uh-
1: just one little thing that I thought was funny and one maybe tiny bit of controversy that goes by quick. Okay. But, um, the actual website doesn't hold a lot of esteem in these jugglers. It it says, although combat juggling is a lot of fun and incorporates a skill that quote alone usually leads to social, social isolation.
0: I mean, yeah, like, so <laughs> juggling was a parlor trick that might've been an easy sell in like the thirties. I think I don't, I can't think of any, like, decade, or it, I don't think, like, hey, I can juggle. I, I don't think that gets, yeah. scores you social points so nowadays. So,
1: this one, and they also claim that this gets rid of the social isolation of juggling, and the brain, quote, actually grows more gray matter.
2: This I don't know lit- about that one. This is literally big brain time. I need, it is big brain time.
1: So, uh, yeah, it says that this will grow your brain, this will make you have friends, And uh, there was one little issue, and that there was not a championship from the year 2015 to now.
0: That's what I'm saying. They banned
1: it. They said it was too dangerous.
0: That's that's not fun. Until
1: SkillCon 2019, it is back this year in less than a month. The World Juggling Federation is back.
0: Oh my god! Offering combat juggling, baby. Oh man!
1: And the International Juggling Association in 2019, two months ago, also brought it back. Wait, wait. You're telling me November? There's one in November, and there was one two months ago. So we are... That is... that's November's two months from now.
0: Yes. We got... We, uh, there's got to be, like, people at the station that can absolutely combat juggle.
2: We, we have members of the FSU circus at our radio station. They know You're juggling. right, Olivia.
0: Olivia, we could have a Florida State combat juggling club. We, we could do it. By we far. We could do it.
1: And the issue is they've gotten rid of the majority of one-on-one fighting. Or I mean, well, now it's mainly in a one-on-one format, yeah. They have larger ceilings and they're you get points off if you it actually looks, attack the other person. Yeah,
0: it looks like jousting but with extra steps, yeah. unfortunately. So that's kinda of disappointing.
1: They took away the group aspect because it's too dangerous. And so they're just
0: back to square one. They're back to square one. They are like, Oh no, this is a social aspect. You don't have to be alone when you juggle anymore. Uh, you you and the boys can pull up with and and you'll you'll go at it with other like uh, jugglers. This is I mean, this, what's the point now? It,
2: it's still a team. This is like an anime tournament arc. Yeah, um, I mean... Tournament arcs,
1: please go. What they've been doing is they've been lining people up on a row, and it's kind of more like, you know, fast-paced sumo jousting with juggling. I don't know. A little bit of the magic is lost, in my opinion. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I would agree. I'm yeah. seeing some ESPN banners, so this got coverage sometime. It, it,
1: I believe it did get covered on the actual Ocho at one point or another. Um... I'm disappointed in the fact that they're taking away the more group aspects. I think that was part of the magic. But at the same time, I'm glad we're not having any juggle related deaths
0: or injuries. No, absolutely. That's that's good, but it's like when um, it's like when 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 a sport introduces a new safety feature like 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 netting in baseball, right? Yeah. Where where they've added for most stadiums both at the collegiate and the professional and the minor level. Have added netting all the way to like maybe the end of the dugout, maybe all the way to the end of the outfield, like all the way to the beginning of the outfield, Um, just wherever there's whatever wherever wherever there's seats. The instead of you know having in like an open area where you Mm -hmm. can catch a ball, right? Um, They've done they've introduced netting because it's dangerous for some people, right? Mm -hmm. Um, If they're not paying attention, if you're on your phone and you see you don't see a foul ball, you can get concussed or even worse. Oh. But at the same time, you lose some of the magic of and going to a here's ball. Here's the thing. Game.
1: They've tried to regain it because now, whenever they get out, and I'll show you a video here, we'll describe it. They're doing some combat juggling. Now, once you get knocked out, and I think in a few seconds, you'll see the blue guy drop.
0: Well, you can't, they can't see the blue yeah. guy. But there's a blue, there's a man and, on the blue guy and a blue shirt and a man on the black shirt, and they're both juggling. Yeah. And the blue shirt just dropped his, his, um, one of his clubs. Yeah, and
1: what he does here is trying to throw back to when it was more of a blood sport. He drops to the ground, as if he's been hurt. Uh, and they do this every time. So they replace, they
0: replace, um, they're replacing blood sport, like a proper sport, with with theatrics. Yes, that's, that's, a, that's fine, I think.
1: And I think, I think they do that for the audience.
2: I think that's on brand for jugglers, honestly.
1: They should be decent actors.
0: Sport is ultimately equal parts sportsmanship and equal parts showmanship.
1: But that said, there's still some like there is some danger involved. Like They do some swipes here that go pretty close to the face, and they are very fast-paced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And keep in mind, these are heavy. Clubs are heavy because they need to be heavy to get that aerodynamics in the air.
2: I'd say yeah. they're about 8, maybe 10 pounds.
1: Yeah, they are bowling they're like pins.
2: Bowling pins, yeah. Oh, this dude got yeah. went down. You see, and you Big get hurt, hurt like he gets shins. swiped
1: right here in the shin. Yeah, that's brutal. Mm-hmm. Dude, I, oh, I, yeah, I, we don't it. have sound yeah.
0: for the video for obvious reasons, and for for the sake of the the audience, you guys can't can't see this. But uh, this dude went down, and he looks hurt. It looks hurt, and they're playing in in front of a big crowd. This is like a
2: that is a packed that stadium. is a there a, is a. It's a not, stadium. Stadium. Well, it's it's not like a stadium. It's more
0: like a warehouse. Or if you've ever been, if in like a county fair, it's a, it's yeah, like it's one like of a fair, yeah. fair, like the warehouse that you would see like mm-hmm. a state fair and in. When
1: he swipes him, the other juggler who swiped him goes up to the camera and does faces like he's menacing. It's
2: like, a heel turn. This is this is just wrestling. Yeah, this is wrestling. So I will say, for what we may have lost, this is still one hundred percent more combat juggling than we had when it was banned, and Absolutely. I think that is something to be glad for, grateful yeah, for.
1: And I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to live in a world without some form of combat juggling.
0: That's, I, I think that's a thing. I think that's a thought that I have for all of these sports that we've t- discussed today. Because at the end of the day. Okay, maybe maybe the worm thing was a, was a bit of a stretch I disagree, if we're gonna call it a I sport. Mean, yeah. I disagree.
1: Mean, I mean, sport-wise, yeah, if, but if you consider
2: but, fishing a sport, then worm summoning is. A right, but but all
0: of these things, there's there's everything that you need to create a sport. There's passion. There's competition. There's a group of people who come together, and uh, celebrate this activity that they decided to do. No matter how weird it is for you, um, it may be culturally relevant.
1: I think um, the best way to end in the last thought to end on is what constitutes a sport from not a sport? What makes something a sport? And I think, and
0: I think the answer yeah. to that is a sport is what you make of it. And yeah. if you have, and it's, it, it doesn't even need to involve a significant, significant passion
1: in some people. That's all yeah. it
0: needs. And really, that's really all it is. And with that, we're going to um, say good night tonight. Uh, thank you very much for listening. This has been, Richard Riley, Chase Freeman, and um, our host, Sebastian Andriano. Uh Thank you very much for listening. Um, this has been Tomahawk Talk Graveyard Shift, uh, a production of WVFS Tallahassee, the voice of Florida State. Thank you and good night. Good
1: night, everybody. Good night, guys.